So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swart, and guys, today is an awesome podcast, really unique situation here. Uh, hopefully, it won't become or won't be too unique in the very near future for all you active listeners, but uh, we have three people on the podcast. It's going to be uh, me, Doc Jake, and my co-host right now is, uh, is Coach Joe on here. Um, I'm going to let him kind of introduce himself a little bit because I know we've had him on the podcast before, but I don't think we did him uh, good enough justice in terms of who he is exactly and again we're, we're having a repeat guest on here her name is abby griffith she is the founder and owner of clarity fitness uh, in decatur georgia and guys i'm really excited to talk about we're going to talk about some uh some really fun topics in terms of body image uh and what and, and the differences between training uh between uh you know women and men uh we're going to kind of try to tote that fine line between uh you know genders and and and, and self-identification so um guys this is going to be a great podcast i'm really excited for it so um without further ado joe and abby welcome to the podcast back of the gym I'll oh fired up rest. oh excuse me fired up man um <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Yeah, so just a quick, um, yeah, I handle strength and conditioning with uh, AP, which is the athlete potential, which is uh, where Jake is uh, uh, fixing folks. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, I break them, you fix them, right? Things like that. Yeah. Maybe that conversation, but uh, we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> That's the long con, at least, right? You know, we just got to... <laughs> fix them up well enough to get them back in, into the gym and, and then break them again. No, uh, guys, I'm super, we're super excited to have Joe. Uh, he's getting more and more involved with what we do. And guys, he's a badass strength coach. Um, you know, he's been for, there's been a few people fortunate to ha fortunate enough to have him as their coach so far. He's getting, he's doing really good things. He's, he's really well balanced and not just his training approach, but, um, really his, um, mental approach to why you should be training. You know, he's a, he's a, a father of, uh, three is it three active little ones, Joe? Yeah, I have a, a five, a seven, and a nine year old, and um, yeah, I love them unconditionally all the time. Um, yeah, with, <laughs> without wavering, but uh, no, I, I'm glad never wavering, up, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you kind of mentioned the mental aspect of it, and honestly, like you know. It be, in the beginning, it was training to get on the football field. Then it was like training to get to the CrossFit Games and then a, a, a championship total in weightlifting. But more and more, man, I just want to train to enjoy myself, right? And, like, I, I'm finding, even with all this COVID stuff, it's just – it's hard. It's yeah. really hard to, like, find peace of mind and just enjoy things. So that's For actually sure. been the I've been taking with a, with a lot of the folks I've been training. And um, I guess that's a mission of mine, you know. Can, yeah. can we get folks to like enjoy their life, you know, and that's easier said than done. 
For sure. You know, it's, it's, it's what training's supposed to be. And I think, uh, Abby, what's your, what's your take on that? I think that, um, you know, obviously we just, I just, uh, spent a little bit of time in the gym last week and, and you know, she, guys, she's put so much thought into her gym, even like the mirrors in there are kind of smoked out so that you can still check your form out, but you know, you're not, you're not, uh, <laughs> caught like checking out your biceps or, you know, judging your glove handles on the side or love handles there on the side, or like, um, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror for the, for negative reasons, I guess you can say, but, um, a lot of, a lot of small attention to detail there. So, I mean, um, Abby, what's your kind of take on that in terms of like the mental aspect of the gym? Definitely. Thank you so much for having me first and foremost. And I definitely think that that's, that's what it's all about. I know for me, I had a big battle with an eating disorder for a big chunk of my life, still, still dealing with some stuff, but that's really been how my fitness journey has shifted as well. I was into bikini competitions. I was into just getting as strong and as lean as physically possible all the time. And there was always a next goal and a next goal and a next goal. And that's a really depleting way to look at fitness because you're never enough and that's a big thing that's a big part of our gym we have it plastered everywhere that you are enough and when we can get motivated for movement from that place of hey I don't suck I appreciate myself I want to take care of myself and have fun with it in the process that's what I think you can really tap into and then you're able to explore so many different avenues of movement too right like you can check out rollerblading you can check out running you can check out crossfit lifting dance whatever that might be that's just getting out there and moving instead of it always needing to be that next thing and that next level yeah for sure you know I think um you know over so uh, I know you guys can't see us right now, but I'm stuck in my uh, my parents' closet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm back home right now, and uh, you know it's fun. You know, you know I, I grew up in like a pretty small rural area, um, and in the middle of winter, there's not a ton to do in in the Midwest, <laughs> um, at least where I'm at. Uh, so. Um, you know, I've been able to really kind of like take this time and be a little bit more, I've taken it to be a little bit more reflective. I'm trying to, you know, I still wake up at like four thirty, five o'clock every morning, just like I would as if it was a work week, kind of get up and, um, you know, it's, it's, and trying to be a little bit more reflective and, you know, I've been really like, uh, reading a book on like a uh, stoic philosophy and kind of what you're talking about, like with everybody always trying to like, what's that next score? Or it very seems like very comparison based, or at least the gym can, can feel very comparison based, like damn, that girl looks a lot leaner than I do, or that dude's got, you know, a much higher bench press than I have, or that person clearly is, is uh, way stronger than me. So why am I even here? Do I, should I even be in this place or should I try to get in, in shape first before going to the gym or should I get in shape before working with a trainer? Um, Joe, I'm sure you've heard that excuse quite a bit. Um, do you, do you have or not excuse or just like mindset or just like barrier of entry before you reach out for help? If somebody feels like they almost have to like um, be in, good enough shape before they can go into the gym or go into the, or go into the, uh, or go and work with a trainer. Yeah. Sometimes it's crazy. There's a reluctance to start things. And I think sometimes that reluctance comes from like, we think we need the next thing before we can do anything. And, um, you know, as, as Abby was talking, I kind of wrote down this, this idea that next level thinking can really be debilitating at times. If, you know, cause they're, you're always chasing when that's the mindset. If I need this to be happy, then the problem becomes, well, then once you get that, you get complacent with it and you need the next thing. And to even put that in a performance aspect, like, you know, when you get into CrossFit, you, you start chasing scores. And then yeah. once you get that score, you get bored with that score and compare yourself to the next score. And, 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 and that's debilitating. So um, to even go along with that idea, I, 
you said you said you're reading a book on Stoic philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, it's so funny because so am I. I have it. In front oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is completely crazy, and and it gets me to think of like, you know, what I read last night was there's three ways of thinking. You know, we can think about the things we can control. We think about the things we can't control. Then there's like this middle ground where there's some things we have some control over. And I actually think like training fits into that because there's some things 100%. we can, there's some things we can think about, but we can work on to better ourselves. And I think the best workaround for that middle area is to internalize your goals. And rather than be focused on the points in CrossFit or the total in weightlifting, it's can you be more focused on the effort you're placing in those things or, um, you know, the things you're developing, you know, we've heard these things like, uh, enjoy the journey, you know, not the outcome more than anything. And that's where I'm kind of trying to, that's where I think like, that's like the lost art of coaching. Like you get into this mm -hmm. idea of coaching and, you know, what's the best program I can put on somebody. Ultimately, I think it's, can you hold their hand and guide them towards this internalization of what they're doing? Um, For and sure. it's fun. It's fun to help folks work through that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you even see that in the clinic too. Like, uh, I had this person, he, and he actually, he, he's very reflective and, you know, he, um, uh, he says some things that is out there even for me sometimes, but he, uh, he did make a comment one time where he was talking about how, um, he's really grown to appreciate his pain that he's in and, and a little bit of background on this guy. I'm not going to give his name, protect his privacy here, but, um, he, uh, was in a pretty bad, like he got hit by a car as a teenager and it paralyzed hmm. him from like the waist down. Um, so he, he does a bunch of like, um, he, you know, he's been down and he's a badass athlete still like, and he, and it's really pretty inspiring his story. Um, but, um, when he said that comment, like, you know, I'm really trying to learn to grow, to appreciate my pain. And he wasn't talking about anything like extreme. He was talking about just some like shoulder pain that he's got, like some biceps tendonitis. Um, I thought that was a really interesting outlook to have on, what you're kind of feeling and what your body's capable of doing. You know, he's like, it's pretty cool that my body's let me know like, Hey, I'm using this side a little too much. or I need to show this side a little TLC or, um, you know, like I need a little bit of rest from what I'm doing. And, and it's cool that my body can set those alarm systems up to where it prevents me from causing excessive damage to myself. He's like, cause you know, with me, if I lose my shoulder goes out, like that's it, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I'm, right. my mobility, my, my independence is kind of gone at that point. So, um, I thought that was a really cool perspective to have on and and it just kind of shows it can go across the spectrum of not just pain, but, or not just performance, but also just like pain in general, like how you perceive where you're at and, and that regards. So. Yeah. And it's like, appreciate, I mean, to take it another step, it's appreciate the effort you put in every day. We're all, even if it's, you know, I've changed, you know, it's not every day I get out on a run, but to walk in from the run and rather than go, oh, it was not as good as my last time, but to just thank yourself for doing it is a, is a big thing sometimes. And I think we're reluctant to, to give ourselves enough credit or to appreciate some of those little things. So um, oh, 100%. I don't know. I, I mean, um, that, that's got to be the route to go, but it's really hard. I don't know what's there's There's a fickle nature about us where we just seem to want to pick, 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 pick and look for the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Abby, what about you? Like, uh, I know, I mean, you focus a lot on, on like at your gym, like you, you have a lot of like, um, body image awareness that you try to work on. What are some of the things that you really try to help people out with just from like a headspace component when they're getting into the gym? I'm sure you got some, ner some nervous, some nervous people walking in uh, any gym really is intimidating. The first time you try to walk into it, it's almost like inevitable. As soon as you walk in, you have comparison going on like who's this person in the gym or um is this a place that i feel like i can fit in or or is this a gym too advanced or not advanced enough for me so how do you kind of handle those situations 
Definitely. I, I definitely think that what we've been tapping into is, is a big, big part of it. It's that mental conversation. And I know a lot of people come in and uh, it's, as, it's as simple but as complex as just looking at the original goals that people bring to the table. A lot of people are coming in and they have the, the weight goal to the, to the tenth of a pound. I want 127.6 and I'm 134, dang it. And it's like... Mm-hmm stepping back from that a little bit or asking where did you get that number from or just you either work into the story and figure out what is that backed by what science are we looking at what maybe made you nervous about feeling like that was where you needed to get toward and then adding things to the equation a lot of people walk in and they want to fix this and change that and there's a laundry list of things that are quote unquote wrong with their bodies and when we can say getting toward gratitude is really important for certain body parts or even if that's a little too far-fetched and too corny for people we can just talk to them about what can we do to give ourselves a little bit of credit for what we're able to do or look at Sometimes setting their sights on strength goals can be another, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? So sometimes we can just start to look at what do you enjoy out of these four different super out of the ordinary workouts that we've tried. Like one day we went on a walk, one day we tried hit, one day we did some yoga based, one day we were doing strength based. Which one do you like the most? And then they can kind of start to tap into I'm allowed to do what feels good for me. Obviously, the well-rounded athlete needs a little bit of everything, but you don't have to do all yoga if you found out that you really like strength training and vice versa. And I think that that's been something that we just haven't tapped into. And when we can start to like what we're doing, then we give ourselves a ton more credit for it. And it doesn't feel like something we have to do. It's something we actually look forward to trying out. So that's been a huge shift for a lot of clients that have come in too. Yeah. And you know, where do they, is, do you ask the question, like, why do you have that weight or where'd that 127 come from? Uh, or, you know, like, like those, that next level thought process of, cause it's, I'm always challenging myself in the clinic to ask that question just a little, that goes a little bit deeper than I may be comfortable asking to a stranger, you know? Um, but yeah. people, it, but you know, in a situation like that, it's, it's almost your responsibility too. So, um, when you ask that question, what are some of the answers that they give just out of curiosity? A lot of times it's Sally from the cubicle next to me at work is at that weight and she really likes what she looks like. And it's, oh, I, I saw on the BMI chart that that was what I'm supposed to weigh. And I know that our audience is more fitness-based, so I don't need to go on a rant about how terrible both of those answers are. But <laughs> it's a lot of stuff that just isn't backed in the truest, bestest thing for either your body and or your psyche. And I think that being able to just ask that truly out of curiosity, I'm not trying to throw it back at anyone or be a butt about it. I just want to kind of reflect that back and say, hey, let's let's look. And if that is something that is such a huge stressor to them, as it was for me for a huge chunk of my life, I had that goal weight. I had that size that I wanted to reach. And when I reached it, it wasn't, then I had a problem with what my arm looked like. So it was like, let's jump to the next thing. So if we can catch that kind of cycle before it hurts them, that's the goal. And it really has never been a negative conversation. I mean, I haven't, I haven't asked it to hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people, but a lot of people really just are kind of like, 
oh yeah, I, I guess I didn't think through where I got that and how much that doesn't make sense. And it's a really helpful kind of reflection back to them. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think, um, I, you know, it's really interesting when you kind of ask people to dig a little bit deeper on why they have a certain goal in mind or why they have a certain mindset. Sometimes it gives be like as simple as you said, well, I don't know. That's what this person was. So I just thought that'd be a good thing. Right. Or, um, this arbitrary person on YouTube says this would be a good way for me to be at like, um, and when you really start asking them to think a little bit deeper about, well, what would, if you're at 127, how would that change your life versus, um, if I could get you to be able to feel more comfortable moving, um, and being able to find a f form of uh, fitness that you enjoy to do. And now you're a little bit stronger. You're a little bit more mobile. You're a little bit more flexible. You can enjoy rolling around with your kids a lot better. Like, is that more important or is being 127 important? Because there's a huge difference between, um, fitness and, um, like health. Right. And, and a lot of times those coincide, but they can be the ultimate form of fitness. So you talked about being a body uh, or a bikini competitor. Uh, I, you can speak firsthand for that. Like it's not the, it's not the healthiest thing in the world to do. <laughs> you look great, but you, you, you really, um, there's a lot of negative things when it comes to your health um, that is associated with that. So um, I love that. Yeah. And uh, just to keep it going too, you, when you, Jake, you, you hit on this idea of, you know, enjoy what you're doing, which is mm -hmm. super important. And it's almost like, I feel like sometimes coaching, you have to like give folks permission to be able to spend their day enjoying the stuff that they do. It's almost like we feel like we have to go through the grind before we can actually prioritize enjoyment. And, and I think that that's kind of bogus thinking. So I think it's okay that if whether you're going off on a run or if you um, enjoy a certain way that you look or if you want to pursue a certain task, it's okay to just do it out of the enjoyment of it. And that, <laughs> yeah. I always find that that's just a weird thing to have to push people into. Like, it's okay to enjoy this. Just do what you enjoy for a moment and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Because look, we're, I, I think I've had this conversation before with somebody on here, but at the end of the day, we're all adults and we, we all like to enjoy what we do, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot in life that you have to do because you don't, or it's just things that you have to do and you don't necessarily like love them, right? But, and our time is valuable more and more and more throughout our, as you, <laughs> the the world is stealing your time from you. It can be something as, as complex as work demands or as simple as our phones uh, with social media, right? And so the ability to, when you have that hour or 30 minutes or two hours or whatever you have available in your time domain to give back to yourself, like you really should be doing something that you enjoy to do. Of course, like you need to challenge yourself. There's going to be aspects that may not be your favorite thing because we got to push a little bit. But at the end of the day, if you hate, hate strength training, and all you do is strength train because, again, uh, Joe Schmo from – sorry, Joe, I shouldn't use your name on this one. But <laughs> uh, because, uh, you know, Eric on, uh, on Instagram said that you should strength train to be able to, and be able to look good, uh, but you hate every minute of it. Guess what? That's not going to be sustainable, and you're not going to find it, and, and you're just not going to enjoy yourself. And, and really, this hour, hour and a half, 30 minutes that you have should really be something that you're putting back into yourself to make every other aspect of your life a little bit better. I think we also forget to give ourselves permission to be beginners at stuff. I know that that was a big thing for me at first with uh, some different things I tried out during COVID. I'm now taking golf lessons, so I am Love terrible it. at golf, and it's really, really helpful for me because I'm like, 
I just want this hour a week where I come and I golf and I'm not going to touch it for the rest of the week. And it's just something that's some movement that's a different type of movement that I hadn't tried before. And I'm able to give myself permission to not try to be the next Tigress Woods. I'm just trying <laughs> to have fun in this hour and let it be let it be good enough. And I, when we are always so focused on being the best and achieving, I totally think that those are awesome goals until they get to a certain point. And when we can give ourselves permission to try new things, that's when we figure out what we do enjoy. So I wanted to put that one in there too. Well, yeah. yeah. That, and I'll be honest, personally, I love, I'm almost finding that I love not being good at stuff. Like one of my favorite things to do right now and is this, I'm in pursuit of, I want to harvest an elk. I really want to do this. And I've been at it for three years and I'm still terrible at it. I haven't done it yet. I'm going to go off tomorrow and work it out hopefully. But like that pursuit is unbelievable. And what's kind of helped me in that is I've given myself to a mentor in this, right? And that relationship is super important where I'm learning from this guy you know, he's showing me things, but to just be completely immersed in not being great, I found is really good for, for how it, it makes me feel good to be in pursuit of something rather than trying to prove that I'm the best at something. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think, uh, and honestly, or and honestly, the ability to be a beginner and, and, and learn something new this is obviously a podcast focused on like health and wellness and fitness falls into that. So of course, like that's just fun, but like, and just in general in life, I think that that's really like the pursuit, like if you're learning something new, you're probably getting better in life at things, right? Like um, you're, you're progressing, you're making improvements on, on who you are as a person you're trying to maximize yourself as a human being. And so I, you know, I think the more you can make yourself feel like a newbie, uh, the better off you are at the end of the day, you know, the more momentum you're probably going to feel like you're gaining. And that's, and that's true, not just in fitness, but in, in work. Uh, you know, I, I have the opportunity um, in, in the environment that I work in, I work with a ton of people from all different levels of success, uh, you know, in their relative fields and um, in all different types of industries. And the common theme, the common thread that really seems like where people are feeling certain, like are either starting to feel burnout or, or feel like they're really starting to progress is when they are, uh, you know, learning new things. They're constantly challenging themselves. They're, you know, they're taking on new roles. And um, the same can be said in, in the world of fitness too. Like I know a lot of people that just stopped working out because they got bored with it, you know, because they, they quote unquote mastered whatever fitness routine they were doing and they didn't constantly, and they didn't want to push themselves outside of their comfort zones because, oh, that must be stupid because I haven't been doing it before. That's not how I was trained or taught in the past. And then there's kind of fizzle out in the world of in health and wellness and fitness. So um, I think that's a really good point to bring up. I think you should absolutely allow yourself to be a beginner because not only is it fun, but it's also a, probably a good sign that you're progressing in life as well. Yeah. But I would say you bring up social media or, 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 you know, that brings in a whole nother level of this. That's super interesting. Cause you know, even, you know, like weightlifting, for example, was a big part of my life for, for a few years. I was decent at CrossFit because of weightlifting. I got to get into a couple big time events, which were fun. But since I've kind of cruised back on that, I've been like running more and I've been trying to, you know, harvest critters. Folks <laughs> who I used to be friends with, you know, they're like, Hey man, are you like, they think I'm not okay because I'm not weightlifting anymore. And I'm like, no, I'm just <laughs> trying other stuff. Right. So it goes in this other thing that not only do we get, 
when you get stuck in a rut, sometimes you can get overly identified with what you do. And again, I think it's so important to realize, you know, you're not your score. You're not even what you're great at at any given moment. And it's super cool to switch gears. You know what I mean? I'd rather be associated as a learner than I would a weightlifter, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> Boom. That's going to be right. – uh, That's the that's, that's, Yeah, right? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that's the title right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 100%. And then um, – you know, and Abby, I'm curious too. So on this time, this topic of like learning or, or just trying to, or like a vulnerability with being new at something, um, do you, with the style that you're gym or with like kind of the uh, niche that you're kind of like trying to corner, uh, do you feel like you have a lot, uh, a lot more like female or is it a lot more female base? Is, is there, or, uh, is there men coming in there as well? Uh, what does that conversation look like? Because I mean, if I have to be, uh, am I myopic or narcissist or not narcissistic? That's not what I'm thinking of. Um, oh man, neophyte. That's the word I'm looking for. And my neophyte mind, um, I would assume that women are a little bit more um, capable of having that conversation than men are. They, they tend to bury it down deep, but like uh, the guys have body image just as, or have struggles with body image just as much as uh, girls do. So how does that kind of compare for you? Yeah, no, I definitely, I one day want it to be a place where people of all genders, shapes, sizes feel super welcome, arms wide open and want to show up. And we definitely have it a really good variety, which I'd, I've loved to see. I love the diversity when I walk in the gym doors in the morning, but I definitely think that it is my ladies who are more open to that conversation. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just what we're trained to be culturally more open with right now, unfortunately. And I think, like you said, guys absolutely have body image issues. They just show up in different ways. So for guys that haven't specifically had that conversation about, hey, just because Abby is sharing that she was in a bikini competition and had anorexia and bulimia doesn't mean that that's necessarily your direct parallel, but maybe you're afraid to skip a meal because you feel like your body's going to shrivel away and all of your gains are going to be lost. Or maybe you're super, super dialed in on everything you eat and all of it's calculated for building mass. And that, while that alone is not necessarily a diagnosable eating disorder, there's some body image concerns and some potential frustrations and some stressors that people are going through that they don't need to be going through. It's not making them healthier to stress every bite that they eat. And it's not making them healthier or more successful to never absolutely ever miss a snack or something in there. And it's okay to be flexible and sustainable and have fun with it and change things up. So I definitely think that when people of all genders start to see that that is a conversation that can impact them in different ways and show up in tons of different ways. I think that that'll make it way, way, way more of a place where we can come forward with what's going on. And ultimately this is all supposed to be fun. This is all supposed to be what feels good and takes care of your body from a place of respect, not a place of fear of it looking a certain way or not looking a certain way. And tuning into how many things are that you're doing in your routine are actually grounded in that is a really, really big magnifying lens that more people need to start tapping into. Have, have you noticed that, that, you know, I would say I've trained more men than women. Um, 
most, you know, because, you know, with, with what they, with, with, with associated goals for strength are or whatnot, um, especially because, you know, when I, ever, when I look for a coach, I also look for folks who have done or want to do what I do. Um, but have you noticed that men or women across the board will like kind of internalize or project or will start to forecast uh, body image uh, issues in different ways? Or is it across the board, you know, people who are struggling with body images do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a huge variety. And it's, that's my passion. That's my big time love and goal is to keep building up those words, those like, oop, heard you say that. Let's dig into what's going on there. I've got a, a pretty sizable dictionary of those at this point, but it's definitely, I remember when I first got my personal training cert, I was a trainer out of University of Miami down in Florida, and I had I think like 10 clients or something that I was just working through college with. And they, I totally expected the people that looked like me, talked like me, had my background to be the people that I could tap into body image stuff. But it was my 80 year old male client and my 75 year old female client, my 15 year old male client and everything in between. And it was, it was exactly the stuff that we had kind of already dug into with the, Oh, I'm scared to, look small. I know guys get really, really concerned about not having enough muscle definition and not being big enough or strong enough. And then females are the exact opposite usually. And then everything in between, there's that foggy area of when we're not necessarily identifying strictly as male or strictly as female, then what's your body supposed to look like? And then biologically, what can your body look like? And how can you come to a place of acceptance and even maybe joy around what that looks like so it's definitely it's all different types of things food related cues movement related cues Uh, people can't look at themselves in the mirror they will avoid the mirror wall at all costs people beat themselves up for their food or didn't move enough this weekend or i have to work off this meal just those kind of different cues cue into a lot of different things for me and a lot of times it's backed in body image related stuff. Yeah, man, that's it. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. And I was going to follow up with that. Is there an aspect of it where, whether it's the volume of the comments or particular actions, whether there's like an accumulation that would, you know, cause you seem to be, you know, you're an expert in this, this field of the line of thinking, but is there a point where you really get worried beyond this is something that we need to address? Um, more seriously like i mean again the question is is there a certain thing that they'll do or an accumulation of stuff where all of a sudden the radar's turned on more that this is more this is more than training this is something that we need to step back and really adjust or or look at definitely i think the two big things for me right there are the just compulsion if it's all compulsive it's if it's all really passionate and tight and stressed and gotta do this and i suck if i don't do this that's a huge red flag. And then there's also a, a more um, scientific metric, I guess it's called the SCOFF questionnaire, S-C-O-F-F. And I believe it's five questions. And those are all red flags of if someone answers one of them is just focused on, do you make yourself sick around what you eat? Are you 
constantly thinking about food. There's tons of these different, there's five of these different questions that are really, really eye-opening to, hey, what's going on with your mindset? And that's a, a really good metric to be aware of when you start to see that that is, again, not diagnosing anything, but that's usually a, a big red flag to bring in the next level of mental health support. Mm. That's crazy. What, what would be that next level then? Depends on the person. Um, there's different types of eating disorder related care. Um, it might not be an eating disorder at all. It might be anxiety. It might be depression. It might be suicidal thoughts. It might be a whole realm of things, but specifically for eating disorders, there's inpatient and outpatient care. So I fortunately never was at a point where I needed to stay in a hospital in my journey long-term. I was about a month out from that, my therapist told me, but I was uh, at the point where I could go into therapy a couple times a week and get what I needed and take it home and work on it myself. I didn't have to stop going to college or put my life on pause. So definitely blessed that I caught it early enough. Um, and then there's also non-diet-based nutritionists or dietitians that can get involved. And that's with people that are really wanting the next level of understanding around the food piece. And they're not going to go there to learn the calorie and the macro breakdown of foods. They're not going to go there for new, new suggestions of what they can and can't eat. It's really the psychology around let's debunk this fear of pizza or let's debunk the control. Yeah. Like when you hear people say like, I can't have one cookie. I'm going to eat the whole pack. If I even bring them into the house, that can actually be some type of disordered eating. And so looking at what control do these cookies have over you? Why have you made them this super off limits thing? And how can we, if you like them, if you enjoy cookies, how can we incorporate those into your life more? And when it comes time to have a cookie, you'll be satisfied with one, maybe two, and call it a day because they don't run your life. So it's a really cool, different blend of different levels of support and tons in between that that people can tap into depending on what's going on with them. Yeah, man. So, I, uh, look, Jake, I was going to say the scoff. So I brought up this, the scoff test, and it's pretty cool. And I just wonder if, you know, the, the scoff test, is it, it looks to be into um, eating disorders and, and it's questions about food, but it seems to me like it would be a pretty cool thing that anything in your life to have this scoff questionnaire, like in your Rolodex <laughs> to just roll through. Like, like you, again, you see earlier on with CrossFitters, they jump into the sport and you could ask yourself, you know, are you training so much that you're getting sick? Well, that's probably a sign that you're a little obsessed with it. Um, you know, are you, do you worry you've lost control over your fitness habit? Uh, have you recently kind of gone off the rails and maybe lost skills you used to have? You could ask yourself and um, do you, you know, a lot of things too. You, do you believe you're not good at things when other folks say you are? I mean, it seems like we could go through ourselves with this questionnaire and, and really kind of determine if, if, if we're, if we're feeling good about what we're doing. And I imagine if you, you know, it could be real simple to say, if you don't feel good about those answers, maybe you got to change some things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I, I just pulling up this scoff test. It seems like it could be something you could apply to more than just eating disorders. You could apply these questions, to anything. 
Oh, for sure. You know, I think like uh, I have this conversation with people quite a bit around the CrossFit Games time or this conversation where uh, it's all about maintaining perspective too, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, that's kind of where you're kind of getting at. I feel like with the scoff, with scoff law test is like, what's your perspective or it kind of like helps you dial back in your perspective of why you're training. And, and if, if, if you've let it gone to or take you too far, but like, you know, like I remember back a few years ago, we were having a ton of neck injury, neck related injuries around all around the same time is because people were bouncing off their head to kip and do a hands get like two more handstand pushups during the, uh, during their CrossFit games test or, uh, you know, CrossFit open assessment and test and, and workout. And, um, you know, what's the point of that? If like you get, like, say you get like three more reps, you know, that's great. Kudos to you. You know, that could be really important for, you know, the, the elite portion of the world. Um, but for us or someone like you or me or, or, or Abby, like if we get, three more reps, but we've bounced off our head 20 times to get there. And now we can't turn our head to look over our shoulder. Well, that has a lot more implications on you as a parent, as a, as a husband, uh, as a professional, uh, and being able to enjoy your life. You know, I'm, I'm working on my buddy. One of my best friends right now, he's got some really bad neck pain. And, uh, and dude, you can like, I've known this dude since fourth grade. And, uh, I went, I went over to his place actually did I don't do house calls, but for this guy, I will. I went over to his house and he was like a totally different human being because he was in like this just excruciating pain. Couldn't even pick up his son because of all the neck pain he was having. Um, and if, you, and if you're doing that to yourself while training because you think you need to get those three extra reps, like maybe you need to go through your fitness scofflaw test and, and make sure that you haven't uh, lost sight of why you're training. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I almost feel like that you just need that measuring stick too to check you a bit. And and I think that this is where I think a, a sound support structure comes in. And for us on this call, you know, we're, you know, you're a PT and, you know, Abby and I are both coaches in this regard, but I also think it's cool to, to have someone around you that kind of just checks it. You know, um, mm -hmm. I love having my wife, you know, she's like, Hey man, <laughs> what's up right now? You know, and, and that's a test that I get from her, too, where I can just see a reflection of myself and how she reacts to what I'm doing. So um, having having that support structure outside of a fitness pro, I think, is really important to just kind of get you to to mediate your actions a bit and not get obsessive about them. Oh, 100 percent. You know, I'm uh, I'm also so I had a nice 10 hour drive up to Ohio from Atlanta. And, uh, so I, I downloaded uh, a promised land by Barack Obama and I, th I was dying laughing at this one part, you know, he was talking about how he, you know, he was this, this young gun who was in the Senate for two years and became president of the United States and he would get home and his daughter would tell him his, what his ears are too big. So, you know, having like that, having somebody kind of check you a little bit, what's that? Stay humble. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Right. And just perspective, you know, like you don't have to take uh, everything so seriously as well. You know, like I know like people's uh, goals, as, especially as they pertain to their body and their body image and their happiness are, are pretty serious goals. Um, but the journey, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be so, um, you know, doesn't have to be so in such an intense process, like, you know, kind of bringing it full circle that we lose the ability to have fun with the, uh, or the, lose the ability to enjoy the process. So, um, yeah, with that, I, I mean, I think that about wraps us up. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree with you on what you're saying about that. And to me, that's, you know, I can't, I, I said it earlier, and I've talked about, it, I think, on the other podcast that we got together, Jake, but this, this hunting thing has been interesting for me because it's putting everything I've done in my whole life and to an interesting perspective where now I'm training again for fun instead of training for points. And, you know, I get to go out and try and do something that I think supports the family. So too, like, I guess my takeaway from this conversation is like, 
how much can you cluster into like this enjoyment bubble to kind of push that bubble in the same direction is, is, is what we're doing. I think the, the, the contrast to that is what modern society has us doing. You know, we've got a phone in our hand yeah. that, that pushes us into a million different directions. So, you know, how much of what you can in how much of what you can do each day actually pushes you towards a place where you're actually enjoying it. Right. So, um, you know, and, and it's so crazy to me that I need that constant reminder, right? Yeah, but right. I, you know, whether it's a conversation with you guys or looking at my wife or finding a way to get into the woods, you know, am I marching that field, marching the ball down the field in a place where, you know, I'm pursuing things that I enjoy more than I'm not, you know? And I think if you sit down, you find, I'm surprised how often if I actually do, an, uh, um, if I audit my day to what yeah. I enjoyed and what I don't, I'm surprised sometimes at how much I'm not. So, um, you know, that's where I'll take it, but I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I don't, th I think that's, it's one quick thought on that. I, I do think it's, it's very common in life to do that in terms of just being comfortable or used to, um, your time being stolen from you, or, you know, you, you think you're progressing towards things that don't really necessarily make you as happy as, as you think you, as, as much as they think you do as, as, uh, as soon as you take a step back and really think about, um, why you may be having some anxiety in this or why are you having, why are you having some food issues or, you know, why are you having some body image issues? Um, it may have nothing to do with your body. You know, it may have be, it may have some things that, um, you know, stresses from jobs or from your job or, you know, uh, the way, uh, your home life is kind of going because maybe maybe you're for whatever reason your home life is kind of in, in uh, a little bit of a, a mess right now and and that can definitely impact how you perceive your body um, not just from a body image perspective but also from a pain perspective talking about the clinic like man I can't tell you how many how many people I've helped with back pain by just asking them how their day is going <laughs> you know um, it's it's pretty it's it's really pretty absurd and uh, so I'm right there with you Joe I think uh, I think being able to let yourself have fun and, and really try to protect those activities that do bring you enjoyment in life is, is really important. Not bad. Cool. Our clarity pillars are sustainable, flexible, and fun. So I think that taking that whole conversation, three pillars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to kind of laugh here at the end, um, uh, thank you, Jake. I want to say for introducing me to a new word. I didn't know about this neophyte word, but I think that's what I am. <laughs> if, if you were, to, if you would have called me a neophyte yesterday, I would have probably got angry. But now I'm like, that's me. That's who I am. So I'm going to identify with that term. So thanks. Uh, yeah. for pulling that one out of your back pocket, brother. Yeah, you know, no problem. I almost called myself called myself a narcissist, which you know, I guess my wife would kind of argue I kind of am at times, but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, very, very different. But uh, guys, look, I really appreciate your time, especially in such a busy week leading up to the holidays here. So um, I'll let you get back to it with your busy schedules. And uh, until next time, y'all. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.